Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Just go, just start. It's something that I try and remind myself every day. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, everyone. My name is Ranam Raj. I work as a CSM at Indeed in the Dublin office, and I recently started listening to The Women in Tech podcast. And the reason why I started listening to it is because I find it very motivating and inspiring to hear you share your stories, to hear you share your thoughts, your dreams, your failures, and your successes as well. And I want you to know that uh, you're inspiring people, you're helping people, so please do continue to share your thoughts on this podcast and let's all support each other. If you'd like to chat some more, please add me on LinkedIn and send me a message. Thank you so much and enjoy the podcast. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. I was on the call with my mentor yesterday and he was saying how talking to me and talking to the other people he mentors isn't work because work is what drives the company forward. And so he's very focused about his work, that his work is leading to more sustainability. So as much as he enjoys connecting with community and playing this mentor role or not playing being a mentor, he doesn't even play it. He's amazing that it's not work. And it really made me think. And he doesn't mean it in the entrepreneurial way of like, love what you do and then nothing's work. He doesn't mean that. He means really bringing in resource to push the company forward. And if it's not bringing in resource to push the company forward, then it's not work. And he believes in doing those tasks first thing in the morning before anything else, because they're the most important tasks out of everything that you do. And so then as I looked at what I had done the week before and all the simulcasts and Facebook group commenting and, you know, posts and this and that, I asked myself, but did I do work? How he defines work. And I think doing the work, the main work, the work that pushes the company forward, that's the scariest work. That's the work where I could potentially be rejected or have the wrong offer or not be charging the right price. 
that's the work that matters the most, but it's also the work that's the most terrifying. And I just looked at my calendar and I thought, I looked at my whole week and all the podcast interviews that I have scheduled and all the other stuff that I have scheduled. And I wondered how much of this is actual work? How much of this can sustain my team? How much of this can sustain me? How much of this is building a sustainable company? And I have to be honest, very little. There was very little in there. Most of it was content creation and community celebration, which aren't bad things, but according to his definition of work, they're not work. And it doesn't mean that work doesn't need to be enjoyable. You could still have that that phrase that everyone's talking about of, you know, it's not work if you love what you do. But in this particular instance, the definition of work means sustainability. It's just interesting. It was an interesting moment to just like step back and wonder like, am I, am I doing everything that I could possibly do to make sure that we're fully sustainable? And the answer is no, I'm not. I'm spending too much time in a murky artistic area and not enough time in this like clear area where you understand where you're getting your fuel from so the car can keep driving. Does that make sense? I hope that helps you in some way sharing that bit of vulnerability with you. Enjoy the next episode. Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to be in my hometown. Yes, I know we have so many awesome episodes from so many wonderful countries, but today I get to be in Los Angeles celebrating a women in tech local to me. Hello, Lauren. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am just, I'm so elated to have you, especially because you are in the podcast space too. But before we get into that, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. I am an interior designer turned product manager for a real estate technology company turned podcasting entrepreneur. And my company, it just launched end of February, is called The Wave Podcasting. Our mission is to help women tell their unique stories through podcasting and help them develop confidence in speaking and using their authentic voice really to to share their perspectives with the world. We do that through a variety of things. One of those is is studio space. That's our primary offering. But obviously, that is not in use right now. So we also provide digital online educational resources and, of course, community and support because we know that learning happens through our peers. And we're going to get into, you know, what that experience is like launching your company in February and then just by mid-March, everything needing to change and what that journey is like. But before we do, tell us more, like what inspired you to create Wave? How did you go from real estate tech to wanting to get into the podcasting world? It's actually a very personal story, but it's one that I've become really comfortable telling because I think it is so important to do the things that really come from a place of of vulnerability. And that's really where this, this company launch came from. I've always had entrepreneurial dreams and ideas, but I recently, like two years ago, sat down and said, 
if I'm going to start a company, it needs to be one I'm really passionate about. It needs to be putting some good into the world. And so I had to look at myself and say, what what do I think the world needs more of? Or what can I really go on a journey to, to provide? And the thing that came back was something to help women with public speaking fear. And that came from... Interesting. Yeah. That came from me developing in my adult life after a fairly traumatic public speaking event, just almost a phobia of, of speaking and, and public speaking specifically. I had gone from someone who loved speaking, was in theater, was on the sales team and had this very routine sales call and went in and kind of hyperventilated in the middle of a, of a presentation. And for the first time realized that speaking can be a scary, vulnerable experience. And it traumatized me. I had to leave sales. I had to start from the beginning of my public speaking journey. And what I realized in that process was you lose so much influence when you don't speak up, when you don't raise your hand. I had stopped volunteering to do conferences or speaking on behalf of of the real estate company I worked for. And those opportunities, other people were raising their hand. They were passing me by. It's not like my career was staying neutral. I was, it was actually hurting me. And I had started this podcast and just felt like at home speaking to friends, but really felt like I was cultivating good skills through podcasting. And so my feeling was if I can help women gain more confidence to speak up by providing them a safe space to podcast then I think more women would be raising their hands for opportunities in the workplace, more opportunities in their lives, and really just cultivating better communication skills. But with podcasting as that safe medium to do that. And I'm still, to be honest, I'm still on this journey of like regaining my confidence, but it feels a lot better because I feel like I'm on the journey with a lot of other people to go on that. So that was the source of it. It was a desire to create a company that is based in something real. And that realness was that I feel like I was at a hard place with public speaking and that there's probably a lot of other women. I mean, 75% of the population is afraid of public speaking. So there was a lot of other women who could benefit from that journey. Maybe to give everybody some context first, uh, let's talk a little bit about working in real estate tech. You mentioned before we started recording, you've been working in real estate tech for six years. When did you first become interested in technology? Man, it's it's so hard when you have an interest, it just creeps under your skin, you know, and you just start investigating it. So I, I was in a very traditional architecture interior design firm, but just really felt, I mean, this is an industry that is so antiquated until recently they were drawing pen and paper. You know, that's how this industry was built architecture. So they couldn't be further from a technology centric company. And I really found myself craving the innovation and just forward looking mentality of a startup. So I, I started looking around and saying, where could I put my skills as an interior designer, someone who never thought I would use my skills in a technology-centric way? Where can I go use those to push my industry ahead, like push it forward, innovate? Right. And I came upon real estate tech because it's not architecture, it's not interior design, but it is related to space. And 
it's an industry that because it has a little bit more money in it, they're willing to innovate. They're willing to experiment. So I joined a small startup in New York. They were looking to build a software that helped build floor plans. So they needed someone who had this interior design background. And just like typical startups, I wore every hat. I was on the customer success team. I was in the sales team. And then I ended in product management, which fit like a glove. And I've it's it's been the primary way that I think I've built my company is with a very product forward mindset. But it's amazing how it became a home for me, even as a creative, even as a designer. I think technology is a place where anybody can kind of exist. It just depends on your passions. You just have to find that right spot based on your domain expertise. One thing that you don't know about me is that interior design has had a huge impact in my life. I am not good at interior design. (laughs) And so a lot of times I found myself in situations where I don't feel creative and I don't feel motivated in my workspaces or even in my home at times because Well, I didn't know why. I just knew that something was off and wrong and I didn't have any idea why. And one day I met this woman named Rosemina randomly, super random. And I loved her place. And I'm like, this, can you do this in my place, in my workspace? And I just like gave her my credit card. I was like, go at it. And she reinvented my space into a magical wonderland. And I couldn't believe what an impact interior design could have to understand that like walls are just walls. It's the creativity that goes to the aesthetic that makes it special, not the walls itself. I love that you did the endorsement for interior design so I don't have to because it is so true. The space is the environment that we exist in influences the way we experience that space. It influences the things we do in that space. So that's the difference, at least for me in my business. When I think about making a podcast studio, okay, there's studios that you've maybe seen on TV. They're maybe a little bit dark. They're maybe a little bit filled with techie men. Uh, We love men, but oftentimes there's a lot more of them in tech in general. And sometimes, at least for me, that's not an environment that feels comfortable. And that's not the environment that's going to help me speak up, cultivate that confidence. So the studio space that I've built and I hope to continue building after things have settled down a little bit is a space where women feel supremely confident. And that's through the decor we use. That's through the amenities we offer. That's through even we built all our tables and furniture custom to cultivate the seating arrangement that is going to facilitate the best conversation. We're, we're kind of down to these little details because space, it just really does influence the way you experience it and the way you act in those spaces. Completely. And let's get into that. First, you have a podcast too. Tell us about your podcast. I do have a podcast. It's a very indulgent one. It's not like smart or intelligent at all. It's called Book Wine Club. We pair books with wine and then we talk about them while drinking wine. And it's very fun. I love it. <laughs> and I read a lot of books and I drink a lot of wine. So uh, those are a couple of my favorite things besides uh, interiors. And I asked this to another amazing woman in tech, actually in the Ukraine. She is completely passionate about books as well. I should connect you both with one another. I said, in this digital space, like, where do you find the time and the mental clarity to sit and read? And do you prefer reading on a Kindle or some kind of digital way? Or do you prefer reading a real book? 
It's so funny. I read a lot of my books by listening to them. Of course, as a podcaster, Audible Audible Uh, is the way for me. And 1.25, there'll be people in your audience who are like, no, 1.5, 2.0 is the way. I'm a 1.25er in terms of speed. Uh, That's funny. That's that's the speed that works for me. But I also always buy a hard copy because I like to sometimes also go back and revisit passages. There's some things that you can only really consume by reading the way that the words came together on the page. So I, I still love a book and, and sitting down. I think that is probably one of the best parts of being with the coronavirus is that people are giving themselves a little more permission and a little more space to sit down and say, well, I can't go out and attend this event and I can't go be a socialite and I can't, there aren't all these expectations about the way I should be spending my time. Maybe I'll sit down and read a book. And I, I think that's great. I hope, I hope people are using their quarantine time to, to get down with a, a great book that they've been neglecting for some time. I know I did. I spent four hours today listening to Attraction on Audible. Do you know that book? I don't. Is that like a nonfiction? It's a business book. Uh, I've been made fun of a lot by my friends that I don't have (laughs) any, like almost nothing that's not a business book, but it's a business book. And I've just been voraciously studying it at one speed. And then I'm taking notes all day long. So sometimes I'll go to a half a one so I could write everything down and I'm constantly rewinding, rewinding. But I literally feel like I'm in college studying. It's, It's just a fantastic access to information that um that I feel like I was thinking about this today you know so deep in in studying it I'm like I wonder if people don't study anymore because it almost doesn't make sense it's it's like should I be doing something else other than doing what I'm doing but I'm like no what I'm doing is advancing me forward and at one period in our lives that was completely socially acceptable so when did yes. it become not socially acceptable to sit and and like learn new information <laughs> There is such a a warped interpretation of what it means to learn and consume these days that you should be consuming from so many different sources that you should be consuming headlines only and really not jumping. There's all these apps that are just like taking the content and reducing it down to a couple sentences. That is not the way some of the best thinkers of humankind have learned. It is not through skimming. It is really through in-depth knowledge. And if you're trying to build a skill around something, if you're really trying to learn, going deep and being not distracted, undistracted by other things is the best way to learn it. If you need support for that, just text me and I'll, I'll give you that little motivational <laughs> piece you need, that kick. <laughs> and what, what is your favorite book or your, your, the book that you're on right now? Oh my goodness. I can't answer that. I don't have favorites, but I can tell you. So the book I'm reading right now is called The Overstory by Richard Powers. I am only a few pages in, but this is the first book of season two for Book Wine Club. So we're, we're really excited about this one. I will say I've read a couple books recently that I like and can recommend. Uh, One is called, it actually isn't that new. It's been around for a while, but I tell everybody about it because it's just like next level that good. It's called Homegoing. I can't, it's a Nigerian author. I can't pronounce her name, but if you type it in, you'll definitely find it. It's about 10 generations of the same family 
and their lives from starting in Africa, going through the entire evolution of uh, our history of slavery, and then coming to modern day through this entire family lineage. And it will change you at the end. It is fiction, but it is you you learn as much as if it's as if it's nonfiction. Beautiful, beautiful book. And we'll include it in the show notes as well. I want to jump into because I, I think this is just going to be such a, a, a powerful conversation for everybody. So you started your company, a podcast space to empower women to come in and share their stories via podcasting. You invested your whole heart and soul and your interior design magic into this. It launches in February 2020. And as we all know, globally, by mid-March, there's been a shift in really we all need to stay inside our houses. So now what do we do? Where is your head gone? How have you been processing this situation for yourself? Well, it's made me question my my business prowess. I mean, it's made me think about there's so many people who will tell you that real estate is such a great investment. I don't own my own space to be clear, but just real estate in general is such a great investment. Everybody has to exist in space. Everybody has to work in space. And this has really turned that concept on its head. So it has changed for me, like the entire, my concept of what the sector and the entire industry of real estate, the stability of it, because it's always been that thing like, if you want to invest in something, buy your own home and it's so solid, you know, all these things. It's like, well, maybe, maybe it's not as solid as we once thought, especially because so much of business now is about efficiency, right? Optimization. How many people can we churn through this space? How many workers can we fit into an office so that, you know, we're paying the least amount per person? And that kind of mentality of optimizing space, I think is really failed or or been shown for what it is, which is kind of a scammy scam in some ways. But it hasn't changed for me what space does for people, which is create a certain mood, create a certain environment, cultivate certain activities. So I don't, I know that it'll come back. I know that the studio space will thrive in the future, but it has made me think less about how many people can I get through this studio and more about how can I create just a really beautiful, comfortable, cozy is the word I keep using. I'm really obsessed with like coziness. How do I cultivate that and make sure that everybody comes through this space knows that? I think another thing that I've been thinking a lot about is when your offering fails, when the offering of space fails, is your mission still intact? Like the mission of your company and can you still do what you set out to do through a different offering? And luckily, I feel really happy because I feel like the mission of the wave is intact. It's to help women tell stories. You don't have to come to our space to do that. That's just how we wanted to help you do that. But you can record from home. And so, of course, we're we're pivoting to say, well, the mission is the same. Let's still get more women getting comfortable and confident through speaking, but let's help them do that at home. So it's been easy for us to pivot. And I'm so glad we took so much of the early days of our company when we were building it to sit down and say, let's not rush into selling something or, or renting our space out. Let's get the foundations, right? I think that is, um, that's been a test that we've succeeded at. And I'm proud of that. A hundred percent. I mean, in my business, I run an offline event series. And as you know, and everybody listening knows, every single one of these women in tech 
interviews is done on the road in person. We Are LA Tech interviews that I do are done in studio in Los Angeles. Luckily, thanks to Squadcast, we're making this remote recording happen. So I, I feel confident in the high quality audio, but it's an entirely different experience to connect with someone remotely than it is in person. And I think you hit it spot on is how do I deliver on my why no matter what the situation, it just may look different than I thought it would look. And it doesn't mean elements should disappear forever, but how do I transform accordingly as things transform around me? I I love that. I love that you brought it back to your why and your purpose. It's not about the space. It's about why the space was created in the first place. Exactly. You, You said it perfectly. It's going to be very interesting. What would you say? I, obviously, the, the, this, of course, is is one of the answers. But I was going to say, what is a huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? I feel like this one you are currently overcoming. <laughs> but in your past, as you worked in your career, what has been an obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? I'm going to go with my gut. I'm sure there's been some some other areas that... Well, I'll go with a couple. So one is giving yourself permission to succeed. And I know maybe that's a little like hokey cheesy or whatever, but it is so true. Imposter syndrome is real. And when you're launching a company and you've been working for a corporate business or for someone else, frankly, for for most of your adult life to go off and say, I've got something worth doing. I've got something that the world needs to have. And I'm the right person to deliver it. To give yourself permission to go be that person is a little bit tough. So my real estate company that I was working at, part of the reason I started pursuing the studio space and and the wave right away was because they laid off our whole team. This was this was prior to all of the layoffs that are happening as a result of the economic decline from, from COVID-19. This was not in response. This was kind of right before, but our team got laid off. And so I could have gone out and said, well, I'm going to build up my resume. I'm going to try something again. But I had to really give myself permission to say, you know what? This side hustle needs to stop being a side hustle and needs to be a full hustle. And I'm going to give myself permission to go believe in it. Yeah. Another obstacle I'll say, for me at least, and I think any woman or person who's put into the position of leadership is overcoming some of this speaking fear, going out and speaking on behalf of your idea. And just the knowledge that only you can really tell the story of your product and that an idea is nothing. A company is nothing if you're not going to go tell people about it and go spread the the good word, right? Yeah. So building some confidence and, and accepting that as a integral part of building a company, these communication skills, has given me a good excuse to go practice and build up those skills. I, I will fully admit I am in Toastmasters right now. I am starting back to basics. I'm learning the five paragraph essay. Like I am... I am literally back in back in school because I so want to nail convincing people that this is a company worth caring about. And not everybody may know what Toastmasters is. It's not bread, you guys. <laughs> Can you tell everybody what <laughs> Toastmasters is? It's not bread. Toastmasters <laughs> is an organization that helps people cultivate leadership skills and specifically speaking skills. The whole idea is giving a toast, right? Being the toastmaster, being the person who can speak on a whim and 
go and guide a conversation or guide a guide a meeting of some kind on a particular topic. They've been around for so long. I am telling you, I tried to go find a modern, like new organization that was built on public speaking. No one rivals Toastmasters. They've, they've been doing it forever, but they have this curriculum that is really tried and true. I would argue everyone could improve their speaking skills. But if you particularly feel like it's something that you want to cultivate and get better at, they have locations in every single city. I would strongly encourage you to go find a chapter or maybe even start your own chapter to go build up those skills because they've really just nailed the the curriculum there. They're experts. And what is your favorite tech tool? It could be a mobile app, website, software. What would you say is, is one of your go-tos? The tech tool I use a lot, we've already talked about, it's Audible. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And I think from a technology standpoint, they haven't always nailed it. But what they did is identified a need in the market before anyone else. I mean, totally. do you even know of another audiobook company. There's just no rivals to what they do. I think they've been a good example of MVP, like building the basics first and then innovating on top really slowly. I think many of us would love for them to innovate even faster, but that is an app and a service that I use so regularly. Yeah. They've just cornered that, that audiobook market. Love it. And where can people connect with you? Where can they check out your website, connect with you online? Of course. Our website is thewavepodcasting.com. I would recommend going here particularly for resources. We have amazing content and articles about podcasting. Even if you're an existing podcaster, there's ways to up level and kind of take it to the next level. And if you're someone who's been thinking about podcasting for a while, like maybe, maybe I'd like to try it on a little bit. I cannot urge you enough to use this quarantine time to go a little bit outside of your comfort zone and just try. We all have the resources we need to start a podcast on our on our cell phones, honestly. There's always more that you can do and we can recommend that to you. But just start and use the website as a place to find good resources. Sometimes I wonder if anybody goes to websites anymore. But if you were going to go to a website, <laughs> you would go for <laughs> go for the free content. There's some good stuff there. And then to connect with with me and the day-to-day activities of the company and the, the offerings that we're kind of bringing out on a daily basis. Instagram is the place at the wave podcasting on Instagram. And then you can also, if you want to, I, I post more personal, I post about books and things on my personal Instagram. That's at Lauren Popish on Instagram. And if you DM me, I'll write back on both accounts because let's be honest, I am the face <laughs> of my company. So, And can you spell your name for everybody? It's Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. Last name is Popish, P-O-P-I-S-H. And one last question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? One that comes top of mind and one that I'm having to remind myself to practice is the one of progress over perfection. Yes. I think women, yes. I think women <laughs> yes particularly, <laughs> we just so want to get it right before we make any progress. And we see this with podcasting a lot. A lot of women saying, well, I've been working on it for a long time, but I can't release it. It's not perfect. Let doing be the best teacher, right? 
Let the, the actual experience of doing something teach you how to perfect it and do it over time slowly and just go, just start. I'm saying that as much to myself as everyone else. It's something that I try and remind myself every day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren, for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. This is Lauren Popish, and I'm the founder of The Wave Podcasting, a company dedicated to helping women tell their unique stories through podcasting. And we're based in Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Women in Tech. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We're so proud of what we've created with the Women in Tech podcast. To support us in our journey to celebrating women in tech around the world, go to womenintech.fm and click on the donation link on the right side of the page. That's womenintech.fm. The donation link is the top right side of the page. We really appreciate you being a part of our journey and we look forward to celebrating so many more women to come. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.